When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was blessed to get it. And then obviously it all changed from there. And as I got a little bit yeah. older and then he obviously becomes the megawatt superstar that he was just a few years later with born in the USA. And I think a lot of folks of my generation fell in love with Courtney Cox before she was ever on friends and maybe even solidified our fandom of Bruce because of her dancing in the dark. Yes. That changed it too. And that became, I was older then and it, it set on a different path. And then I finally got to see him for the first time, August 19th, 1985 at Giant Stadium for the Born in the USA tour. And that, of course, was the second chapter of changing a life that you call your podcast Set Lusting. And that's when the die had been cast for me there too, that, oh, what is this? The first concert I had ever been to was that day. It was that artist and it was never going to be the same for me again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me today is my new friend, Terrence. Terrence, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is a great privilege. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. Tell us a little about yourself. I'm a proud member of the Garden State Alumni Association. I'm a proud guy from New Jersey. I don't live in New Jersey anymore, but I'm from New Jersey, proud to be from New Jersey. And uh, I live now in Colorado as life and work has brought me increasingly West throughout my adult life, but I've never lost my Jersey roots or obviously my love for Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band and all things Jersey Shore music wise. So as someone who's sitting in a Texas heat, Colorado sounds pretty good to me. It does sound pretty good. Yeah. yeah. We're enjoying a wonderful fall. That is nice. And oh, and I bet it's beautiful there too. It uh, is. It's yeah, a great spot. It is a great state to visit. I really love it. Thank you for joining me. I'm looking forward to us visiting, but I always like to start at the beginning. So Terrence, tell us, you mentioned you grew up in Jersey. Talk about it. What kind of family life, what kind of music did your family listen to? Yeah, great question. There was music on in my house all throughout my youth. It was mostly, though, easy listening. Those That era of the late 50s, early 60s. So that was on in my parents' house most of the time. And I would have to sneak away and listen to Top 40 Radio out of New York City. I grew up in Ridgewood, New Jersey, in Bergen County, right next to Paramus, which most people seem to know Paramus. And just a lot of easy listening and a lot of Sinatra. My parents were big Sinatra fans. And so I think somehow 
there was an early New Jersey music connection that was forged in me through Francis Albert. Uh, and that obviously morphed its way into my love for Bruce and Southside and, and everybody from the Jersey Shore music scene, but specifically Bruce Springsteen and, and my love for his career and all that he's meant to me and my friends and my family and everything. So I grew up in New North Jersey and somehow music was part of my life, but not a big part. And that, Jesse, it all changed. It was Mr. Harmon's music class in George Washington Junior High School in Ridgewood, New Jersey. And honestly, I can't remember if it was seventh or eighth grade, but Mr. Harmon, okay. he asked everybody to bring in a song to play for the class. And this is in the day where you had to lug vinyl into your yeah, middle either school. Either a 45 single or the actual album. Got it. Yeah. Exactly. And so everybody went through the motions and some kids cared about the song they chose and others did not. But I remember it as Natalie Sherman. She brought in a piece of vinyl and Mr. Harmon put the vinyl down on the record player, dropped the needle and played Born to Run. And that was the first time I had ever heard it. And probably the first time I ever heard Bruce, if I'm being honest. And that moment just froze me. I had never heard anything like it from the drums to the whole bit. And that was when the die was cast on that day in a middle school in Ridgewood, New Jersey, thanks to Natalie Sherman and Mr. Harmon. And that changed my life really quite literally. I know people use that term a lot, but I've now seen Bruce in five different countries, 11 different states, had experiences that I couldn't imagine having when Mr. Harmon dropped the needle that day. And, and I'm talking to you about it. It really yeah. changed the trajectory of my life. I'm thinking of that. We drop the needle and pray the great Mary's place. And what I love about this Terrence so much is you re I, I would, I have a horrible memory. So mm. I would not remember that. I would say if I told the story, yeah, some music teacher and some classmate and the idea you can remember their names first off, good for you. And <laughs> secondly, that is just a wonderful story. And it's unique. I there there is there are some things that I see universally now that I've done over a thousand episodes. And there's a good chance if you're from the Northeast that you first saw Bruce at a summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> that either you had a roommate that had it or a or one of the counselors had it. Right. That's a story you hear often. But this is the first I've heard of the music teacher. And I can remember doing the same thing where people brought in songs. In fact, I can remember one of them was the I've never been to Spain, right? That I can remember that, but nothing of that ilk that changed my life that way. So did you go up to her and go, hey, can I look at that album? Who is that person? What did we hear? What was the next step? Oh, no, I was too, I was too scared to go talk to Natalie Sherman. But the next step was I asked for Born to Run for Christmas present, and I got the river. 
Okay. <laughs> and it was not what I asked for because I wanted to hear Born to Run, which of course you didn't hear it all the time. You couldn't just dial up Born to Run right? Like yeah. Spotify. So you had to wait for it by the radio. And fortunately, WNEW played it often enough where I would hear it. But I asked for Born to Run, the album for Christmas, and I got The River which was, again, not what I'd asked for, but that set me on the journey uh, that, okay, there's other things. I was a novice, Jesse. I didn't know anything about anything. And, and now there's another album, and I'm only whatever I am, 10, uh, whatever you are in seventh grade. And all right, so I'm, I'm going to stop you there. Go I'm ahead. going to do a very bad, and this with all love, I'm going to do my mom's impression, right? What? You got you wanted a Bruce Springsteen album. I got you a Bruce Springsteen album. What does it an album, right? I think I you just, and I had the same mom. It's what? What and yes, thank you, but this wasn't exactly what I wanted. Correct. By the way, I don't know if you've heard Warren Zane was on the podcast talking about his wonderful book, Delivery from Nowhere. And his answer to the Mary question, he named a high school a girl that he said he never had the courage to talk to. And so I, this girl is your version of that, right? That was every girl when I was in seventh grade. But, uh, <laughs> so, Fair um, enough. I can remember that point too. Yes, absolutely. Right. And, I, and I think you and I had the same mom, but the river obviously had hungry heart on it, which I had heard on the radio. And again, in those days, you didn't see the printout on the screen of who was performing, you know, who was singing this song on the radio. No. And so I, oh, wait, that's the guy that sings Hungry Heart and that's the born... Who is this guy? And then I find out he's from New Jersey. And then as you listen, he's talking about the places that the... Whether it's the Turnpike or Mawa or you name it, it starts to become this guy is like an extension of where I'm from. And that obviously just continued for... What is that? A long time. I don't know how long it's been since I was in seventh grade, but it's again, it's taken me around the world and, and brought me experiences in life and memories that are a huge part of my total existence of the 56 years I've been on this earth. So I'm also going back to your mom. I keep thinking it's a double album. Like you got double the gift. <laughs> Correct. You know how much I had to pay for this? It was a double. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I was blessed to get it. And then obviously it all changed from there. And as I got a little bit yeah. older and then he obviously becomes the megawatt superstar that he was just a few years later with born in the USA. And I think a lot of folks of my generation fell in love with Courtney Cox before she was ever on friends and maybe even solidified our fandom of Bruce because of her dancing in the dark. Yes. And that changed it too. And that became, I was older then and it set on a different path. And then I finally got to see him for the first time, August 19th, 1985 at Giant Stadium for the Born in the USA tour. And that, of course, was the second chapter of changing a life that you call your podcast set lusting. And that's when the die had been cast for me there, too, that, oh, what is this? The first concert I had ever been to was that day. It was that artist. And it was never going to be the same for me again. Terrence, I say this often that two types of people, right? The people that go to Bruce, their first Bruce show and go, huh, that was long. And then the others that go, oh my goodness, when can I do this again? And to have that double whammy of your first live show and a Bruce show, the sad thing is, right? You're like, I almost feel like 
going back to young Terrence, they're not all like this. They're all <laughs> but fun. Know, but you know what, Jesse? They're all like this, aren't they? Isn't that why we love this guy? They're, they're oh, different. I didn't mean you know Bruce that. shows. I meant other oh, racks. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. No, no, thank yes. you. You're so right. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah, they so right. actually go, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got it, got it, got it. You're so right. And I was fortunate that day in 85, I went with all my high school buddies and just three weeks ago at MetLife, a lot of us from that same show were back together to see him in September for the second uh, of the MetLife shows. And that that moment in 85 and that moment last month or just a couple weeks ago, it's been so many of those moments in those long years and our lives have changed and everything has happened to us. But that that love of that first day in 85 and 2023 is just the same. And it's an amazing gift that we've had and it's carried me through with my friends for a long time. And I made a lot of new ones along the way too. Terrence, I know there's no way that an 85 teenage boys thought, to, oh, we should get a picture. But how cool would it be to have seen an 85 picture next to a 2023 picture and see the differences in the age and that you guys are still there enjoying Bruce? Yeah, we're still there. There's a lot, there was a lot more hair back then, but yeah, but we're still chasing this, the same kind of thing. At least I know I am. And yeah. I've been chasing that moment forever, it seems now. And it, it never gets old for me that uh, I've said this before. And I, I think you heard this from me on, on, on a different venue, but that moment when the house lights go down at a Bruce Springsteen show in 85 and in 2023 and the 60 some odd shows I've seen in between, it's still the exact same feeling I get when those house lights go down and the band walks out one by one and the crescendo of Bruce as he comes up those stairs, it still gives me a feeling that I'm chasing and will chase until he stops walking up those steps. And it is an elixir of life for me and I never get tired of it ever. And that's a really amazing gift that he's given me. Absolutely. There is a scene in uh wedding crashers where uh i think vince vaughn talks about pizza doesn't matter if it's good pizza cold pizza bad pizza it's pizza right and it's bruce doesn't matter right it, it's bruce i'm there i'm in the building whether i'm in the pit whether i'm in the nosebleeds I, i'm there i'm in the building and i'm in the church of springsteen ready to be a true rock and roll revival. You're right. I'm ready to be young again, to borrow yes. a lyric of his. And even every time he comes out, I'm 56 years old and I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. And I momentarily lose my breath when he walks out. And I know that something cool is about to happen, even though it hasn't happened yet. And those precious moments where the concert has started, but it hasn't started is a moment in time that time stands still because up until that moment, I've been waiting for it. And until he counts down and starts, it hasn't happened yet because the minute he counts off, sadly, it's ending, if that makes any sense. So even though it just began, it's ending. And those little seconds are so precious to me. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Yeah. Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. The Terry Smith was on the podcast and he talked about a couple of buddies that are so obsessed with getting into the queue that they will leave halfway through a show in Europe so that they can be in queue for the next night show. And he's okay. That's you're losing the point. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there is that. um, Betsy Hodges was on a podcast and we did these, the, those questions like you know what song do you hate what song made you fall in love and she said the song she hates is the last song like she's yeah and there is that the only time was the second night at MetLife back in 2016 the at the second leg of the river tour that was the night that went four hours the couple got engaged and that was the only show I can remember, Terrence, where at the end I said, I'm full. I am sated. <laughs> Normally it's, oh, I want to do this again. I've got to do this again. And that was the only time. How many shows have you seen of this tour? This tour, I've seen nine. Okay. So I was very fortunate to have seen nine shows. I was lucky to see them in Europe four times and a few different spots here in the U.S. And loved it. Yeah, I hear the set list thing and... I get it. I want you to talk about that if you don't mind. I'd love to yeah. hear your thoughts. Yeah, I wish it was a different set list every night. Just case closed. The excitement of what he's going to play next is part of the fun of it. So there's no question I'd like the set list to be as varied as possible. 
But okay. I did see him nine. But I did see him nine times, Jesse, knowing the set list was going to be the same. So what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask the question because there have been people that said, "I went to three or four shows. I normally would have gone to seven or eight, but because of the diversity, I decided to pass." Did you think about? Obviously, you had to buy tickets in advance. Did you think about not going to some of the shows with the the set list being pretty static? No, never thought about it. I, I went every time I bought them, some in advance and some the day of. The set list is one thing. There was a certain lack of spontaneity or right. more said a different way. There was a little bit more forced mannerisms than I seem to recall ever before. I know it's always been a bit of shtick that he's always done, which is what I love. Yeah. But some of the some of it was a little bit too choreographed, which never seemed like Bruce. But okay. But listen, I'm ready for 2024 tour announcements. And if he tells me now it's going to be the same set list as this year, I'm still going. Did you have tickets for anything else for the remaining tour? Fortunately, I did not. I'm sad for those that missed it because it's something still to behold, static set list or not. And yeah. I hope he's better soon. And I hope he's out there next year. Uh, yeah. I really, I hope so. God, mm -hmm. God forbid, as they say, something's worse than we think. All of our parrot head brothers and sisters that woke up to news one day and it's over. And man, I just can't even think of that day knowing that he still is vital. His voice sounds incredible. Like the band is just, don't get me started on the E Street Band. Those guys are unbelievable and everything about it. And if you just change it up a bit, not too much, three, four yeah. songs. I don't think that's a crazy request from longtime fans who have watched him build a career and, and excite so many of us with so much surprise and varied set lists and, and who knows what he was going to do next. And that's part of the magic that he created for 50 years. Absolutely. And I do, I've been very vocal that I understand being disappointed. What I have problems with people being angry and feeling like he has let them down. I don't agree with that. I do agree being disappointed. And there is that I got lucky. I was in Houston and he did if I was the priest. And I'm like, holy shit. I can't mm -hmm. believe. And so my wife had no idea what was going on. The other three people in the seats with us, we were losing it. So yes, there is that always that joy of of him pulling something out. And I think we'll, we don't know. It is, I feel like he, the spirit has to move him and what he's doing. I do remember on the river tour, the second river tour that there were people complaining that he was doing the river in entirety. It was too static. And then when he moved to Europe and he wasn't doing the river, people were like, what? I would have gone to the U.S. if I known I wasn't going to get to see the river tour. So in a lot of ways, it is it's a tough thing to to try to make everyone happy in there. Absolutely, and so yeah, I'm just grateful that he's still doing it. And yeah, he while it seems some some lack of spontaneity in a way. Like I said, I'm hoping he's going to be in San Sebastian, Spain next year. And I already have two weekend hotels booked just in case I got the dates right. And I don't know if I do or don't, but I'm betting on it. And if I got lucky, then I'm going to have a hotel reservation in Spain. And I hope I get to go see him there, which I've never been there. And But the thrills he's given me, the memories yeah. he's given me are the deposits he's made. He can make a lot of withdrawals and he hasn't really made any. Yeah. So I, I did was curious about that. You mentioned how many countries have you seen him in 
I've seen him in five countries Thank in my you. life. So this year I was fortunate to see him in Sweden, Norway, and both shows at Hyde Park in London. Okay. And all just the European crowds are a completely different experience that I'm so grateful I've been able to do. I saw him in Rome in 2016 at Circus Maximus. And that was one of the greatest nights of my life. There's just no question. My family was with me. We got to see sights. Who knew that there were things to do in Rome besides Bruce Springsteen? But there are, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) And we still can't listen to Shout, the live version of Shout, and him yelling Roma over and over before he does the heart stop and pants drop. And and that's just part of the lexicon of my family. And I remember walking home from the concert past the Coliseum to the apartment we were staying at. And I remember my daughters remarking how many songs he played, how many they knew, and then realizing he could have done another three hours with songs that they also know. And yeah, that was a cool thing. That is a very cool thing. I just had, I'm going to give you a sneak preview. I just had a guest on earlier today. I'm doing a double bill. And he was telling the story that in 2012, he had booked a suite for, to see the show for a lot of reasons, a lot to do with his day gig. And so he had gotten there early and, um, to try to make sure everything's going to be great, you know, for his guests. And his daughter comes up and says, daddy, um, Bruce is on stage. He's no, Bruce is not on stage. It's too early. And so he keeps talking to his, you know, friends, business associates, his daughter, daddy, Bruce is on stage. No, he's not on stage. And then <laughs> she finally comes back. Daddy, I know who Bruce Springsteen is. He is on stage get over here and they had gotten there so early they actually got to hear the sound check Um, and and i said have you ever been prouder as a father he goes not really that's a great father (laughs) moment of course yeah yeah we've and i've been lucky to both my girls they love bruce i know they would deny it at some points in their life and they would always i'm sure go back to it and i think it's part of the foundation that they were raised on and They've been able to see him a couple of times as well. And and he's just given me more stories than we could possibly have time for today. Exciting ones of meeting him or just shows and unexpected moments at the trade winds back in whatever year that was, 95, I think. Um, I'm a Jersey guy, as I mentioned. So you read that little snippet in Rolling Stone or maybe in the New York post or daily news that like yeah bruce bruce showed up over the weekend at the club in new jersey and played with whoever and you're always like oh man how great would that have been to be there and never happened to me and Mm -hmm. then one night at the trade winds in seabright i think the word had gotten out and so the, the trade winds was packed on a hot summer night to see Joe Grushecki and the House Rockers. Okay. And Joe does his normal blistering set. And halfway through, he leaves the stage, exit stage right, walks back to the microphone. And Joe tells the crowd at the trade winds, hey, I want you to put your hands together for a friend of mine. And out he walks. And memory serves, he's wearing a Miami Dolphins baseball cap, a dad cap. And he just strolls to the mic 10 feet away from me and just counts off into Lucky Town and does 90 Ah. minutes with the house rockers. And little Steven shows up 
And this is before the reunion. And I am in New Jersey rock and roll heaven for 90 minutes, plus Joe's crazy set. And, and my buddies are with me. And yeah. just a magical night that you read about. And finally, I was there. That's awesome. I love that so much. Other stories from shows that you want to share. You mentioned you've got a ton of them, but give me a couple. Yeah, there's a little combo thing here. So one, I had a great moment in Boston. So it's a two-part story here that I was supposed to do something in Boston and as an outdoor thing, and it ended up raining. And so I couldn't do it during the day. But that night, I had tickets to see Bruce at the Fleet Center indoors. Okay. And so my wife and I are walking around the city because we've got nothing to do. And just it's Boston. So there's a lot of things to do even in the rain. And we're walking through Boston Common. And I see Niels Lofgren. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I recognize Niels. And he's a distance away. So yeah. I see that he's walking to the Four Seasons Hotel. And it hits me. Like, oh, the band is probably staying at the Four Seasons. This is my chance. So this, okay. is, 19, this is 1999, pre-internet, pre-everything. So we walk in the Four Seasons lobby, and there's a whole bunch of activity going on. It's the middle of the afternoon, so I'm smart enough to know there's some sort of sound check at some point. So let's wait around here for a little bit. Yeah. And one by one, various members of the E Street Band hop into cars, and I watch them all come and go. And then Patty Scalfa comes out, who is just the sweetest woman. And she actually walks up to me just as a lovely person that she is. And I start chatting with Patty and I ask her, Hey, would you please play Frankie for the bald guy tonight? You can imagine I don't have any hair. This is a podcast, right? So I say, Hey, please play Frankie for the bald guy tonight because Frankie is my favorite song of Bruce's. Okay. And so she giggles and laughs and says, we'll see just as you would expect her to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice as can be. And she leaves uh, to go somewhere. And so we're still hanging around the hotel a bit just to see if we can catch a glimpse of Bruce. And Patty returns to, she must've done an errand or something. What do I know? And I would say about 30 minutes later, these two beefy security guys come down. And by now there's a few of us have figured out that the E street band is at this hotel. Sure. So these beefy guys come up to us. There's three or four of us. This is before cell phones. And they say, we know why you're here. You know why you're here. Here's how this is going to go down. If he comes out, don't rush him. If he's with his kids, don't take pictures. They give us these ground rules. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes later, out walks Bruce. He walks right up to me as if he's expecting me. Shakes my hand. Patty's with him. Mm -hmm. And I say to Bruce, hey, would you please play Frankie for the bald guy tonight? And Patty looks to Bruce and says, that's the guy I was talking about. (laughs) Oh, wow. Now, he does not play Frankie that night at the Fleet Center. Okay. But four years later, 2003, the first concerts ever at Fenway Park in Boston. Night two. He's playing an incredible set, as always. And it takes a moment. This, the one song ends. I don't remember what song it was. And there's a little commotion on the stage. And then the band starts. And I think immediately, oh, my God, that's Frankie. And then they stop. I'm like, oh, wait, what was that? And the band got it wrong. And he's Bruce is addressing the band, instructing them what to do. You know that. You've seen that before. Sure, yeah. And he comes back and he counts off. And Jesse, they played Frankie at Fenway. 
Oh, nice. And that was magic. Perfect night. And that's been my handle on Backstreets. God, rest in peace, Backstreets. Frankie at Fenway was my handle on Backstreets for 20 years now. So yeah, some fun, good stories related to Boston and, and meeting him. Obviously, I didn't get a photo because there were no cell phones at the time. But right. uh, I did get to shake his hand and let him know. That is just awesome. I, I love that story so much. How old are your daughters? 26. She's a public school teacher in Colorado and 23. And I think music has been a big part of their lives and they found their own musical journeys and their own artists that they love. My oldest, she spent the summer, I don't know where she got this from, Jesse, but she spent the summer touring Europe to follow Harry Styles around. So I don't know who does things like that. (laughs) You're, uh, (laughs) yeah. But she did and and I'm thrilled for her to do that. And my other daughter is a theater nut she can name mm-hmm. any broadway show tune in, in two notes so they've yeah. experienced their own musical journeys and it's fun to think that i influenced them in any way but they figured it out themselves and our dog's name is rosie for obvious reasons and yeah. that says a lot about something and you mentioned mary's place earlier we were in london this summer at hyde park and as he's playing mary's place guess what happens it rains and as he's playing mary's place the rain comes down in london And everyone is belting out, let it rain. Just another one of those moments that lives with you that you don't even expect or could ever predict, but will never leave you. And we all have those moments. They're all our own from the various shows or songs or brotherhoods and sisterhoods that we have with friends or strangers. Yeah. I I love that. You've got Frankie. Is there other songs that you may have been chasing? And well, it you sounds know, it's, like you're happy with anything. Yes, I'm happy with anything. I think there are certain songs I could do without hearing because I've heard them so many times, but that gets back to the, at this point, anything is a gift. I think yeah. if the, the songs I yeah, would love And the love issue to... always I think about that is we all have different songs, right? right? Like there, there are songs I've only heard Mary's Place once on my very first show. I was really looking forward to hearing Mary's Place this time, either in Columbus or in Arizona, Phoenix. My first eight shows, I did not hear, uh, I, I did not hear Thunder Road. And then I've never heard Dream Baby Dream Live, which I would have loved to seen. So yeah. So yeah, we all have songs that, but each person is different, right? Your song, like, oh, I, I never get tired of that. And it was a slightly controversy when everyone was talking about, wow, we got trapped. I'm like, eh, to me, trap's just another cover song. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'll fight you over trapped. So that's exactly yes, what you're exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I get that. So yeah. Funny. So yeah, yeah. for me, there's just, I'd love to hear Seaside Bar Song live with the Ooh, band. That would be fun. I've never heard that. And the dream, of course, is I'm back at a New Jersey a, a club on the shore, a bar at the shore, and he does it there. Can I be that greedy? Um, yeah, sure. I've never heard Santa Claus is coming to town with the band. Oh, like, really? I've, I've seen him do it at a holiday show uh, in Asbury Park, but that was not with the East Street Band. And so hearing that live with the East Street Band, that would be a really cool thing. And then there's like deep cuts, like unsatisfied heart or county fair or things like that that i would love to hear but i just don't even imagine that would happen yeah Um, like i would love to hear lion's den from tracks where the bands are i've none of us have heard anything from western stars live 
I, I would love that. I in 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 an alternate world, I see Bruce touring with the orchestra in small venues like he did with the Devils and Dust just doing Western Stars, right? But it just and I think your daughters are right. If you sit there and say, Okay, what let's get let's all the songs that we could have gotten, that's a lot. That's, that's a crazy. whole lot. Yeah. It's another four hour show of things yes. he didn't do. And and that's I think what the root of the set list thing is for people. There's so much he could do. Why just the same old every night? And I think that's yeah. the he spoiled us so much over the years that yeah. anything less than that feels like a disappointment. And it's still just it's still just the best three hours you can spend. And that's why I spent twenty seven yeah. of them with him this summer and, and would do yeah. it again if I could. Yeah, like it, it's one of those, and I had a guy who told me this that said, if I had looked at, if you had asked me before and you'd said, here's the set list, I went, wow, that's a pretty good set list. It's pretty diverse. Now it's the idea. So just if it's the only show you're going to, you go, wow, that's pretty diverse. It's just, we all can get spoiled wanting to hear that so absolutely so right and my daughters they were raised on springsteen in funny ways too my daughter reminded me that when they were little we had minivan back in the day with the tv screens behind the two seats so the the kids in the back could watch it and i had one dvd in the car that i would make them watch just to give me a break in between dora and the wiggles and all things and it was the live in new york city dvd so i could listen to it and they could at least watch something and not just stare out the window and so they remind me that how many times they have watched the live in new york city dvd also probably contributed to some of their (laughs) bruce who knows what bruce love or bruce distancing who knows but they're quick to remind me of that too that's great uh, yeah it is and it's just so many stories from if I could have here's a good one too I was mentioning that Christmas show in Asbury Park and the actor Ed Burns was sitting behind me and he was borrowing my binoculars throughout the show I was just handing them back to him and he would give them back to me and we exchanged my binoculars for a good part of the show so we could see a little bit better and that was a funny story for me at the time oh yeah that's who was sitting behind me borrowing my binoculars from time to time throughout the show lovely fella oh that that is that that would have been a lot of fun yeah that would have been a whole lot of fun yeah so What's next? What's next for you and your fandom besides waiting to see if you've gambled for the right nights for a hotel? It's exactly that. It's waiting to see what happens. First of all, wishing him a speedy recovery and where he might be because seeing him around the world, fortunate enough to get across the ocean, it's a completely different experience than in the United States. And while I love the U.S. crowds, they tend to be older and they, they yeah. sit a lot longer and the European crowd seem to be 25 years younger, just far more, a lot more vitality in the audience, which seems to just give the band a whole lot more vitality also. And yeah, they know every lyric, even if it's a, a different language like in Italy or other places. And so hope for that. Obviously it seems tomorrow he has a new song. I don't know when you're posting this, but addicted to romance comes out tomorrow uh, or September 29th. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. And seems like there's rumors about some box sets or tracks twos or another you know soul album. So I'm hoping he puts some, 
of the songs he's done live on on CD or streaming. Specifically, I would really love to hear him do sweet soul music on vinyl on, on a mm-hmm. whatever we call it these days on an official yeah. release not just a live version yeah uh, if he's doing a covers of uh soul motown i'm hoping sweet soul music is on the next one yeah i i agree that would be nice i have no issue i'm okay if he wants to do a whole series of cover albums i i'd love it won't happen, but I'd love Bruce plays Johnny Cash or Hank Williams or, or do a country album and pick some of those things. My other musical obsession is John Hyatt, and I'd love for him to do a Hyatt song. I would lose my blank. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, if he just did, thank God the Tiki Bar is open, that would be fun. Or Drive South. If he does Drive yeah. South, that would be ridiculous. But yeah, I yeah. would like him just one more time. If again, this is what being a fan is about. It's okay to be selfish about the bands that you love, I think, as long as you're not. Uh, I'd like one more like E Street band live, put them all in a room and play whatever. I, I don't care what it is. Just one more yeah. where they're not doing separate parts and separate places. And if I could be so selfish to ask them all one last time to be somewhere together and just whatever comes out, even if it's a live album in a way, but just not a live show that they've been putting out. It just, that's what I'm also after just as that rightfully selfish fan that I always am and always will be. Yeah. And I think one of the things that one of the things that we really liked on this last time for Letter to You was the, okay, you play the demo and now we have to play Beat the Demo versus this time with Letter to You. He just played it there on his guitar and you got to see them all kind of work on, okay, this is what we'll do. And yeah. That's for me is, and that's it. It's also just been a brotherhood since I was a kid. It's largely, God rest, rest in peace, Clarence and Danny. And yeah, like, it's been these same guys and obviously if other folks have come and gone and that part of it, that core has always been, geez, it's like the queen for me. She's been a part of my life forever. Yeah. It's a big deal. And I was fortunate this summer, some by some just complete coincidence, we ended up staying in the same hotel in Oslo as Bruce and the East street band. Okay. And so as we're, we took the train from the airport to center city and there we are on the cobblestone streets of Oslo, dragging our bags to the hotel and making that racket that mm-hmm. bags do on cobblestones. And my wife noticed a whole bunch of people outside of the hotel front entrance. And she's like, Bruce is staying there. I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah, yeah, look. No, he's not. I think you're right. Oh, my God. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. And there was 500 people outside the hotel waiting to catch a glimpse we're guests in this hotel, so we couldn't even get through. And the security wouldn't believe us, even with our bags. We had to show ID. Yeah. We get in, we check in, and 15 minutes later, they stopped the whole lobby and they closed down one elevator. And we could see, I can't remember, Jesse, I think it was seven floors in the hotel. And the hotel was stuck at number seven, the top floor, for quite some time. You mm-hmm. can see the, the little readout in the lobby where the elevator is. Yeah. And then six, five, four, three, two, one, doors open. And guess who walks out of the, the elevator? The man. That's and he walks awesome. past me. And this is really cool, Jesse. So I'm a guest, so I can be in the hotel. I have a key and everything. So they can't kick me out. 
And I got a chance to see what it's like to be Bruce Springsteen. He gets out of the elevator, walks right past me and walks outside. And the minute he's past me, I get to just follow him out. I'm not, I'm no threat to him. He's past me. I give him certainly his space security, make sure of that. But I get to walk behind him and see what it's like to be him as he exits the hotel doors and there's a thousand people by now waiting to see him get in his car and everybody bruce and i got to like be that as distant and i'm not that but i got to see what that was like for him and it's an overwhelming thing it's an incredible thing to have quote unquote experience to pretend i was bruce springsteen for 90 seconds but but after the show some of the band was in the lobby afterwards, just having a, a, a beer or a bite. Yeah. And uh, I got a chance to chat with Max for a while who, Oh, nice. If we just, if we could have a moment for a Max Weinberg appreciation discussion, that guy, all the guys, and they're all incredible. What he does night after night. Yes. Is just staggering. And the hum- most humble fella, I thanked him for the years of entertainment and, his response was to one, ask me my name. Yeah. That's the kind of guy he is. He asked me my name. And then he just said, it's all in service to Bruce and his music. And what a response for a guy that That's has nice. just lived a life and just done some incredible things with the band and on his own and, and just in a wonderful fella. So good stuff. Yeah. Been very fortunate. Now, did you have you met Bruce? You mentioned that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I met him in that hotel lobby in Boston. And then I did finally, I did finally meet him again with a photo on his book tour. When he visited Denver, Colorado, I got one of those precious tickets and waited on the line and, and posed with the photo for him, which was lovely. I'm glad I did that. I always had the vision that I was going to see him at a bar in New Jersey and chat with him. And that would be the photo or that he was going to call me on stage to sing something with him. But I just got a lovely posed photo in, in a bookstore yeah. book signing line. And, and that's still pretty awesome. It's a cool shot. And yeah. I got to check off that for my bucket list. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. It so does. I feel like we could talk all night, but is there anything that I haven't asked you that I should have? Oh, God, you've asked me lots of things. That's why you're great at this. That's why so many people want to be on there. I'm just thrilled to be joining all the Oh, the that's very sweet of you to say. Illustrators and performers and all these great guests that you've had. I'm just a fan. And it's just been an incredible thing. The few moments that always stick out, like when Clarence came back with the other band, at the, the Brendan Byrne Arena that day for yeah. when they made that change uptown and out came Clarence when you thought the band was broken up forever. That was a moment. And... The one thing that I just never forget among all the wonderful things that I've been able to experience and some of which I've shared today, I was really lucky to get into one of the rehearsal shows for The Rising in Asbury Ooh, Park. Okay. And just got in. I don't know anybody. Just figured out a way to get in. And my elbows were on the stage for that one. Okay. And the thing that I'll never forget, and every time he sings it, all the times I've heard it, this image always goes through my head is in the song, The Rising, when he says like a catfish dancing on the end of my line, he had his fingers like he does, like he's fishing right over my head. And I was wow. looking up at his fingers. And so that line of all the lines, it's not my favorite lyric of his, but that one is a visual that is 
as powerful today as it was in that moment in 2002, three, whenever the rehearsal shows were of his fingers right over my head when he sings like a catfish dancing on the end of my line. And that one is my precious personal Bruce Springsteen moment. Wow. That's awesome. That's great. Before I get you out of here, I got to ask you a merit question. For those of you who this might be your first episode, thank you for listening. Jay Armstrong is a retired honors, honors English teacher, by the way, has a new book coming out this fall. And But when he was teaching, he would give his class the lyrics to Thunder Road. They would study him. They would talk about the themes that Bruce explored. They would talk about the images he portrays. And then he would ask his class, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So, Terrence, that is your question. Does wow. Mary get on the end of the car? Does Mary get, get into in the, the car, car at the end at of the, the song? end of Thunder Road? Wow. I think she definitely gets in the car. Okay. Yeah. She definitely gets in the car. Doesn't she get pregnant in the river? That is certainly one person's thoughts. Yes, there and have been plenty I of people. Yes. Think whatever happened, it seems like she had a pretty good life because we all want to meet at her place. There we go. One That's of what I think happened. Uh, Isn't that why we're all fans? This is what yes. he does. It's what he's done to all of us. Did to me since Natalie Sherman and Mr. Harmon dropped that needle on the record. And yeah. uh, I get to talk to you about it all and what's happened. And we yeah. all have those stories, theories, and that's what great artists do. And I'm so grateful for him and you for letting me share a little bit about my life with Bruce and this journey here on E Street. Thank you, Terrence. This is great. If someone wants to reach you, are are you on any social media at all? I'm not. I'm just on LinkedIn. Okay. That's the best way to find me. Okay. Very nice. All right. My friend, we got to have you on again. We got a thrill. Thanks. Yeah. Like uh, maybe after the, they get another tours, we'll see if you hit the lottery, the hotel lottery, maybe after the next tour, just think about it. Let me know. This was wonderful. I appreciate your time and sharing the stories. And uh, Natalie, if you're out there, you made a difference. You may not think so, but there was something you made a massive difference. And hey, Natalie, we need you on the podcast, right? That's a great one. I actually know somebody, Jesse, that when I was at the MetLife shows, I was telling that story. And somebody who was in the the tailgate still keeps in touch with Natalie. She married her high school sweetheart, the same high school that we all went to. And I can actually, and I will send the link to this when you let me know if you ever publish this. Yeah, I'm going to publish it. This will about a couple weeks. This will come out in about three weeks, three or four weeks. And yes, so then yes, we got to have her on. That would be great. I will get it to her, and I will get you her reaction. Should she open it and not think I'm still some crazy stalker from seventh grade? (laughs) That sounds awesome. All right, thank you, my friend, listeners. Um, thank you for listening. This means the world to me. We're so glad you're here. Um, be safe, be kind. And remember, if we open up our hearts, love won't forsake us. Just let the music take us and carry us home. Thank you, Terrence. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand, 
but I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at setlustingbruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Gags. And then finally, How Many Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.